discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are welcome to our service tonight. It's a blessing to be with you once again this glorious evening. I know you are being blessed by the word of God. I know the Holy Spirit is working in your life in a special way. And uh, this evening I'm here to share, continue what I started sharing with you on Sunday. And I want us to start with a quick word of prayer and I will continue. Father, thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness. Thank you that your word proceeds with power, with great grace, with great force. Thank you for changes that are recorded in our lives practically. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is working in our lives. Thank you for the great ministry of the word and the great ministry of the spirit that are working perfectly, even as we hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I started sharing concerning the power of the new birth, of our new birth. And I said so many things concerning knowledge. You know, it's the knowledge of God that makes a difference in your life. Without the knowledge of God, you will not be able to take advantage of um, what it means to even be born again. The knowledge is so key. It's important that you know God's word. You know, and I remember showing a scripture in Philemon 1.6 that says that I pray that the communication of your faith or the sharing of your faith or the participation of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You know, since the communication of your faith, the, the sharing of your faith, your faith will become more productive. The, the fruitfulness of your faith will become, will be increased by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So there are many good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. Where we have arrived, we've arrived in a place called Christ. And in this place called Christ, there are many, many good things that are in us in this place called Christ. Hallelujah. If you read in Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, look at Galatians 6, 15. He says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. In this new place of arrived, called Christ Jesus, called Christ, he says, circumcision does not mean much, and uncircumcision does not mean much. But what means a lot, what makes a difference, is a new creature. The new creature, because the new creature is a package that comes with so many beautiful things. The Lord has placed so many beautiful things in the new creature. So he says he wants you to do well. He wants you to bear more fruits by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, every good thing that is in you, this new creature in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 5.17 says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Do you see if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So in Christ, you become a new creature. In this new place called Christ, you become a new creature. And that is the most important. The new creature is the most important um, person or 
thing that needs to be studied. We need to know what has happened to us. We need to understand what are in us, what is in us in Christ Jesus. So Paul writing to Philemon says to him that your faith will be, be more effective. You become your faith will be effectual by acknowledging, by recognizing, by accepting as fact and as truth all the good things that I knew in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, and if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, the same Paul writes to, to the church in Corinth and says that, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit riches of God, so that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. He lets you know why the Holy Spirit is in your life. He says, he has given you the Holy Spirit so that you might know the things, the, the things that are freely given to us of God. There are many things that are given to us of God freely. And God wants you to know them. The more you know them, and the more you take advantage of that knowledge that you have in Christ, of, of what he has done for you or what is in you in Christ, the higher you go. The higher you go. Hallelujah. So I started sharing some things with you. Now, let me, let me show you one scripture. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Look at Daniel eleven thirty-two. Knowledge of God's word makes a lot of difference. It says, through knowledge shall the just be delivered. It says, the knowledge of, of the just that delivers him from his trouble into his success, for his, from his sickness into his, into his um, um, health, from his poverty into his prosperity, from his ignorance into greatness, from his failure into success. It is knowledge. Jesus called it the key of knowledge. That is what opens the doors for you. Hallelujah. It's so important that you know what is in you in Christ Jesus and you take advantage of it by remembering, last Sunday I was talking about the biggest problem of man. The biggest problem of man is forgetfulness. Man can easily forget. The more you remember what is in you in Christ Jesus, the more successful you become as a Christian. So your Christian life is dependent on how much knowledge of God's word you have and how much you practice that knowledge of God. Using the knowledge of God, you see, knowing it and practicing it are two different things altogether. When you get to know it, you must practice it. Practicing your knowledge is called wisdom. Wisdom is putting to work what you know. The practical, the practicality of knowledge or practical, practicing knowledge, the knowledge you have is your wisdom. So in Daniel 11 verse 32, he says that, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. And he says, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But the people that know their God, those who have knowledge of their God, shall be strong and they shall do exploits. They shall do exploits. They shall accomplish great things. How are they going to accomplish great things? By knowing their God. By knowing who it is that is with them and who it is that is in them. You know, and on Sunday, I started by showing you some of the things that are in us in Christ Jesus. Some of the beautiful things that are in us in Christ Jesus. And the first thing I mentioned was the fact that now in Christ, you are a son or a daughter of God. You have become a child of God. And that is, that is a big one. That is so, so big, so huge. So huge. Just imagine if you knew that you were a child of God and used it. You practiced that knowledge. You say to yourself, I'm a child of God. When there's a problem, you don't cry. You don't, you don't lift your hands up in despair. But you remind yourself of who you are. I'm a child of God. Elijah said to those people, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you. 
and fire came down from heaven and consumed them. He knew who he was. He says, if I be a man of God, if I'm really a man of God, then something has happened. So you must also come to a place where you remember that you're a child of God and count on that particular knowledge, that particular fact, that if I'm a child of God, then this should not be happening. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be sick. If I'm a child of God, I should, be, I should be prospering. If I'm a child of God, I should have success on every side of my life. If I'm a child of God, I should have, you know, things working for me as it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. And you'll be surprised that things will start changing and turning around for your good. So counting on that knowledge, remembering that knowledge, and taking advantage of that knowledge, laying a hold of the knowledge of God, makes a world of a difference in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They that know their God shall be strong. Those three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, told the king, Nebuchadnezzar, that we know that our God is able to deliver us. We know. We have knowledge of the fact that God is able to deliver us. And even if he decides not to deliver us, be it known unto you that we will not bow down. We will not go down. You can't defeat us. And they had their success. If the fourth man showed up in the fire with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this, this evening, I want to add some more, you know, probably two or three more of the things that are in us in Christ Jesus. Because it says that your faith will become effective by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So you should know all those good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. And I've mentioned it to you. The first one is that you're a child of God. Now you're a child of God. Now you're a son of God. Now you're a daughter of God. No human being gives birth to a dog. And no dog gives birth to a cat. And no cat gives birth to a, a bed. No. Everything gives birth after his own kind. If you're a child of God, then it means that you're after the kind of God. That is why the Bible talks about us partic participating in the divine nature. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 into verse 4. 2 Peter 1, 3 into 4. It is according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Then it says, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It says, by these promises, by the things that God has done, by the things that God has said, you might be a partaker of the divine nature. We are participating of the, of the divine nature. Why? Because we are after the kind of God. We are in the same class with God. So the Bible talks about us being in fellowship with the Father. We've been called into fellowship with the Father, fellowship with the Son, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful. By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. By whom ye were called unto fellowship, unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have been called unto the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? We've been called to have fellowship. You don't fellowship with a dog. You don't fellowship with a cat. You can't marry a dog. I mean, people are trying to marry dogs and marry cats. But we all, we all know that that is not, it's not realistic. Do you see? There's, there's something going on. There's something wrong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A human being must relate to another human being. A human being must relate to... Even that one, there are, there are classes. You, don't, you can't relate in a certain way. You can't, you can't tell your baby your problems that you're having at work. When you come back from work, you tell your, 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 your son who is two years old, my boss did this, my boss did that. I don't know what I'm going to do with my boss. And then you're expecting the two-year-old to give you answers to the problems you're having at work. It doesn't work. 
So even though the child is a human being, that child is not is still not in your class in a certain way. Do you see? That is why you must grow in the Lord. You can be born again. You are in the class of God. God has brought you forth Himself. You are a child of God. You are your daughter of God. You are a son of God. But then God can't fellowship with you in a certain way because you are still a babe in Christ. He's expecting for you to grow. The more you grow, the more He shares ideas with you, and the more He brings you. He brings what he wants done here on earth to your mind and shows you what to do. So your growth is so important to the Lord. We've been called onto the fellowship of his son. Why? Because we are in the same class. We are in the same class. We are participators, sharers of the divine nature. It's amazing. If you read in 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, you see a similar thing there. 1 John 1, we can read from verse 3. It says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And it says, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? It says, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship, the fellowship we enjoy, is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So we've been called into fellowship with Jesus Christ. We've been called into fellowship with the Father because we are in the same class. He wants to think with you. He wants to relate with you in a special way. He wants to produce results with you. That's how special you are to him. And that's how much of his nature that you have. It's an amazing thing. Then if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, you see that we, we, we've been called into fellowship with the Spirit as well. It's called the fellowship of the Spirit. It says the grace of, our Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. The word communion is the same word as fellowship. The Amplified lets us know. Amplified says the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence and fellowship, the communion and sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You see, the fellowship of the Spirit. So we've been called into fellowship with the Spirit, into fellowship with the Father, and into fellowship with the Son. Why? Because we're in the same class with Him, with them. It's an amazing reality. We are sons and daughters of God in reality. We are of God. As He is, so are we now in this world. It's an amazing reality. It's an amazing thing. And you will do well. Your faith will work if you think along these lines. And if you relate from this level. If you, you face life from this particular perspective. That God is in me. I'm a child of God. The Queen of England's sons do not have to worry about a lot of things. They don't have to. Why? Because they are the, they are the, they are the sons and daughters of the most powerful queen in the whole world. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, so understand where you have come from. Understand who it is that is your father and it will make a world of a difference in your life. First John 4, 4 says that ye are of God. You hail from God. You are, we, we have been begotten by God. That's basically what he's trying to tell you. He says, ye are of God, little children. You are of God, little children. Ye are of God. And because you are of God, you have overcome them. So you have, like, you have the victory just by virtue of your birth. Can you imagine? Yes, just like the way the, the, the son of Bill Gates is not going to have a problem with poverty by virtue of his birth. He was born into wealth. So there's, there's no problem. Same with you. you. You have also been born into wealth. Wealth from the father. You've been born into health. Health from the father. You've been born into greatness. The greatness of the father. That is, that is the kind of life you have. You are so special. You are great by virtue of your birth, your new, your new birth. 
And that brings you so much power. Remembering who you are brings you so much power, brings you so much confidence. There are other Christians who are not confident, you know, and they keep saying how weak they are. They keep confessing how, how much of a failure they are and how poor they are and how insignificant they are. No, don't talk like that. Always talk with boldness, remembering who you have become. I'm the son of the Most High God. The Holy Ghost is working in me. I'm of God and I've overcome them because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of me. The greater one, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all that is in it lives inside of me. I cannot fail. I do not fail. This will bring, it will boost your confidence and it will change your world. That is, that, that is how much power it has. Your consciousness of what you have become brings you so much power. Brings you so much power. Even in the natural, it's like that. You know, and I've given you so many examples along those lines. A rich man's son is different from a poor man's son. Yeah. Yes, they are different. In terms of confidence, in terms of um, having this sense of satisfaction, it's different. Yeah. Yes, it's different, completely different. Because one comes from a good home or a rich home. One does not come from a rich home. Do you see? It's so important that you remember who your father is. The creator of the heavens and the earth. The creator of Saturn and Jupiter and Mars. The whole of the earth is your father. The creator of the Milky Way gal galaxy and all the galaxies you can think about is your father. You are blessed. You own all things. All things are yours. You cannot fail. Yes, this is the mindset I have. This is, the, this, this is, this is what I move around with. You know, that's, that's how I think. I'm just communicating with you what I think or how I think. What the word of God and the Holy Spirit has helped me, you know, to become my mindset, to become my way of thinking. You are better off thinking like this. Maybe naturally speaking, you are not from a good home, you are not from a, a, a great place. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. Thank God you are born again. If you are born again, the Bible says you are not born of blood. You are not born of a man's will. You are not born of the flesh, but you are now born of God. You are now born of God. You are now a child of God. So take your roots from God. Always remember that. Take your roots. Take your thoughts, your heart, your, your, let your, your mind change. Your mind is so powerful. What you are thinking is what you have. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as you are thinking in your heart, so are you. Your thoughts bring your, the circumstances of your life. You think the way God wants you to think. Think the way, you see, when we go born again, our spirits got saved. Okay, if you read in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, you, he lets you know that he has obtained eternal redemption for us. He's talking about your spirit. Hebrews 9, 12 says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He obtained eternal redemption for us. Yeah. You see, by virtue of his blood, the shedding of his blood, he's obtained eternal redemption for, our, for us. Who is the us? That is your spirit. The real you is spirit. If you read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, you see that you are a spirit being, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Look at it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he lets you know that you have a soul, you're a spirit, you're a spirit being. We are spirit beings. We have souls and we live in bodies. You are not a body. Neither are you a soul, or you, you are not a mind. You are more than that. 
That's why when someone passes on or dies, you see the body here, you see his, his mind, his brain here, but then you don't see the, you don't, you don't see the one who animates the body. Yeah. Romans chapter 12, look at Romans chapter 12 verse 1. It lets you know who the word of God is addressed to. The word of God is addressed to you, the real you, which is spirit. This, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So he separates you from your body. Yeah. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So you are not a body. He says, you present your body. Yeah. Then verse 2 says, and be not conformed to those words, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. He lets you know that you are not a mind. Yeah. You have a mind, but you are not a mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you see? So our spirits got saved. The day we got born again, our spirits got saved. If you didn't understand S squared plus Y squared is equal to 2X plus 4X squared, find Y. If you didn't understand that, how to find Y in this particular equation I've given to you, you will not understand how to still solve that question after you get born again. Yeah. You need to learn to be able to understand. <laughs> the born again experience renews your spirit. But after that, after renewal of your spirit, or after, the, after your new birth, which is spiritual, your mind needs to be saved. That is why we don't go to heaven immediately we get born again. Heaven is, God's, is not God's aim for you. Heaven is a, is a place that God wants you to be, but then it is more than that. Heaven... He, he wants your mind renewed. If heaven was the aim, then everybody should be killed by the preacher who leads him to Christ. As soon as we preach to you and you get born again, we, we shoot you. So that you can go to heaven and be in a wonderful, blissful place. But God wants you to be here. Why? Because he wants your mind to be changed. He wants your soul to be changed. He wants the renewal of your mind. And that's what we just read here in Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can be born again, but then you conform to this world. You see like this world sees. You think like this world thinks. You behave like this world behaves. So even though you are born again, you are a new man, you are a new creature, many good things are in you, in Christ Jesus. You will be behaving like every other person. Do you see? He doesn't want you to behave like every other person. He wants you to think differently. He wants you to have more results. He wants you to, you see, the, the normal, natural man gets sick and then, you know, is looking for the nearest hospital. Or is looking, like, news from the, the doctors concerning his health is, is finished. That's it. If he hears that he has cancer from the hospital, from a doctor, he starts, you know, crying that he has cancer. It's finished. Sometimes someone has HIV and does not know that he has HIV and then goes to the hospital and then is told. Under two weeks, the person just slims up. Yeah. The knowledge of the HIV makes him slim up. He had it before, but because he didn't know, it didn't do anything to him. But when he found out, when he got to know, it started having an effect on him. So God also wants you to have knowledge of him so that it can start having an effect on you because it will not make any difference. The new birth will not make any difference if you don't have knowledge of what has happened to you. It cannot make any impact in your life if you don't know what has happened to you. If you don't conform to the things of, the, of God or conform to the word of God and you rather conform to this world, you will not have any fruits. So he wants you to get to know. That's why he talks about the salvation of your soul. Getting to know, you know, receiving knowledge of God's word so that your soul can be renewed, so that your mind can be renewed. He wants you to think the way he wants you to think through his, through his word.
And that's what Christianity is all about. Christianity is all about the renewal of your mind. The renewal of your mind to see the way God sees. Remember, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. He says, behold, all things are become new. He wants you to see with the eye of the spirit. He wants you to have it at the back of your mind. Behold, see. It's a prophetic word. See with the eye of the spirit. See that all things have become new. You are not ordinary. You are not Mr. Says daughter anymore. You are now the daughter of God himself. So start thinking differently. Let it change your world by letting it change your mind first of all. And that's why we share the word of God with you. So that you get to know and get to act on what God wants you to act on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's so important. So your, your spirit gets saved. Your soul is being saved or being renewed. You can, there are so many scriptures I can show you. James chapter 1, verse 20. Look at James 1, 20. Let's read 21 so that it makes, we don't read too much. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So he speaks about receiving the engrafted word, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So your soul needs to be saved. Your soul needs to be transfigured. Your soul needs to be changed with respect to your health, with respect to your prosperity, with respect to your greatness, with respect to your serving God, with respect to everything. Your soul needs to be saved on a lot of levels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, so important to God. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. He says, Now that just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Then he says, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. He wants you to believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's important that your mind is renewed. It's so important. Let me show you a scripture. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. Colossians 39. It says, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Next verse. And he says, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. The new man, the new creature, is renewed. Let's read the Amplified, maybe to help you understand it some more. And have clothed yourselves with a new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. What is he trying to say? When you get born again, your, your, your spirit man is after, you see, is your spirit man that experiences all these things. Your spirit man is what becomes a new creature. Now, he says that your spirit man will have uh, impact in your world through knowledge. You see, he's renewed. He gets more ability to do more things in your world through knowledge. Go back to King James. So knowledge is so important. I don't know if you're seeing it. And I've put on a new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Do you see? It's renewed in knowledge. The more you know, the more of his image you reflect in this world. The more you, you show forth his ability in this world. That's what he's trying to tell you. Hallelujah. So knowledge, knowledge of God's word is so important. Your soul is important in all these affairs. Your, your mind is a place where the battle is. It is in your mind that the devil throws things to. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. Look at 2 Corinthians 2, 11. He says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, what is the word, the word devices 
is noima, and it's from the word thoughts. You see, thoughts. So he says, we are not ignorant of Satan's thoughts. The Amplifier says, we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. He has thoughts. He throws thoughts into your mind. It is your, your mind is a battleground. If there's any spiritual battle to fight, it's, in your, it's your mind. Same book, but then chapter 10, verse 3. Look at 2 Corinthians 10 from verse 3. He says, for, we, for though we walk in the flesh, for though we walk or live in this flesh, in this physical world, we do not war after the flesh. Our war is not in this world. You are not, it is not your mother who is doing you. It is not your auntie who is doing you. There is no one, there is no witch that can do you. Nobody can do you. If you, you are a child of God, if you are, because you are a child of God, you are seated together in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Okay? Witches are the least in the kingdom of the devil. And you are seated far above our principalities and powers, including on top of the devil. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Then he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons that we have for our warfare are not physical. They are not fleshly. Then he says, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Can you imagine strongholds means fortresses, thoughts, philosophies, ideologies, things that have been said concerning your family. As for, as for this family, we don't do well. It's an ideology. It's a philosophy in your family. As for this family, when you turn 50, you develop a strange sickness. As for this family, we don't marry early. These are all thoughts, ideologies. Do you see? He says, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of such strongholds. Then he says, casting down imaginations. The, the, the power we have is for casting down imaginations. Can you imagine? Meaning that the devil uses imaginations to torture you. He uses imaginations to limit you. He uses imaginations to let you know that this sickness will never go away. He will use imaginations, thoughts, to bring it to your mind that you will never, do, you will never succeed in your life. He will bring thoughts to your mind that you will never be married. Thoughts to your mind that you will never have children. Thoughts to your mind that your, all your children will die before you die. You bury all, I mean, thoughts. He brings strange thoughts. He says we are not ignorant of his devices. We don't want him to have an advantage of, advantage of us because we are not ignorant of his device, of his thoughts, the thoughts that he brings to us. Then he lets you know that the weapons of our warfare are for casting down imaginations. Then he says, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that rises against the knowledge of God, meaning that the knowledge of God's word that you have will be risen against, you know, the devil will try to rise against those things, the word of God in your mind. So the knowledge of God will be, the knowledge of God that you have will, 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 be, will be attacked. It will be attacked. That's what they attack. They attack the, they attack the knowledge of God that you have. Okay? Then he says, and bring into captivity every thought. Can you imagine? Bringing into captivity every thought. The weapons of our warfare is for bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing into, into captivity every thought. So all the thoughts that are contrary to the word of God must be abased in your life. Yes. So you need, you need knowledge of God's word and especially knowledge concerning who you have become in Christ Jesus. And one of the major things you need to know and acknowledge and recognize and take as a fact in your life, the fact that you are a child of God, because it brings you so much. The more you meditate on it, the more you see the possibilities, the more you see the things you can accomplish. I'm a child of God. The Holy Ghost is living inside me. I'm a child of God. The Bible says, whatsoever is born of God, overcome this world. Whatsoever. Let me show you. Go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Look at 1 John 5, verse 1. 
whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and Jesus is born is, is the Christ, he says you are born of God. And everyone that loveth him that beget begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. So believing in Jesus Christ is what brings you to become a child of God. That's what makes you born of God. Now jump to verse, verse 4. Verse 4 says, what so, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. So if you are born of God, if you are a child of God, then you have overcome this world. Then it says, And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. And how does your faith become effective? By acknowledging every good thing that is in you. So acknowledge, remember that you are a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Because, because I'm a child of God, I cannot fail. I do not fail. God does not fail, and none of his children must fail. God is a success. Everything that God does is beautiful. Therefore, whatever I touch is beautiful. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, so dwell on this knowledge. Let it take a hold of your heart. It will make a world of a difference in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second thing that um, we have in Christ Jesus is that we are now heavenly. We are now heavenly. We have a heavenly origin. Where you come from makes a, a world of a difference. It makes a world of a difference. Where you come from, the city you come from makes a world of a difference. And the Bible lets us know that we are heavenly. We come from heaven. Okay? And I want to show you some scriptures to that effect. If you remember that you are heavenly, it will, it will help you. It will put you over. It will help you. It will put you over in your life, I tell you. So look at John chapter 3, verse 3. John 3, 3. Jesus answered Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to see Jesus at dawn and said to him, Master, no man can do these things except God be with him. And Jesus started talking to him. You know, Jesus wanted to show him how to do the things that I do. You know, that was, so Jesus was answering him. Now go back to, go to verse 2. John 3, 2. The same came to Jesus, this Nicodemus, by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered him and said that, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How is this an answer to the question he asked? You see, Jesus was giving him the best of answers, letting him know how you can do the things I do. You are saying that no man can do these things except God be with him. I'm doing these things because of where I come from. So Jesus showed him, says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot experience, he cannot appreciate, he cannot produce results through the kingdom of God. You see, except a man be born again. And the word born again is from two Greek words, genao anoden. Okay, genao. The word born is genao, and the word again is anoden. Genao is to be born. Or to hail from. And again, or anoden, is heaven or above. So, what he's trying to say is that the born again experience, this, this what, the word born again, if you say you are born again, what it means is that you are born from heaven. You are born from above. You are born from a different place now. You are not earthly anymore. You are now heavenly. That's what he's trying to let you know. Okay? Now you are heavenly. If you read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Now being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God that lives and abides forever. Now we are born of the word, and hence we hail from above. Yeah. 
He that is above from above is above all. Can you imagine? So now that you're cha- now that you're born again, you are heavenly. You hail from above. You hail from above. You are from a different place. You are from a different place. And what that means is that you have you have a higher ability. You see, he says, he that is from above is above all. Are you from above? If you are from above, then you are above all. You are above all the situations of this life. You are above all the problems of this life. So John 3, 31 says, he that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. You come from heaven and hence you are above all. Can you imagine? You come from heaven. Are you born again? If you are born again, then you are from heaven. And because you are from heaven, you are above all. Wow. You are above all. You are above all. All things are under your feet. You are above all. I'm above all. I'm a success. Yes. Yes. I'm not of this earth. I'm from above. Therefore, my results are different. You see, if, 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 um, you know, what, what's common? I just want to use common things that are common to us. Okay. If someone goes to school in America, I mean, or if someone is from America, let me use that. If someone is from America, look at what happened in Afghanistan some weeks ago. All the Americans, all those who were from America were taken out very quickly without any problem. Why? Because of where they come from. Because of where they come from, they have certain privileges and certain rights. They have a right to life. There are countries that don't care about the lives of their, of their citizens. Americans care about the lives of their citizens. Yes, not even one must die, amazingly. That's how they think. Now, there's something higher. There's a place that is higher than America, and that place is heaven. And if you are from heaven, heaven wants you to, al- to be alive. You see, if God does not sanction your death, you cannot, you can't die. Nothing can, can kill you. You see? There's something called the American dream. You know, there's, there's an environment that is created for Americans to, to prosper and to succeed. We are, we are from a place that is higher than America. We are from above. We are from heaven. Wow. What a blessing. What affects others in a country does not affect the American in, in that country. An American can come here as an ambassador to this country, to Ghana. And whatever happens in Ghana does not, you know, touch him. It doesn't do anything to him. Why? Because of where he comes from. Because he's an ambassador to this place. We are all ambassadors. We are all from heaven and we are ambassadors to this earth. That's what the Bible tells us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 19. Especially those of us who preach the gospel. Those of us who preach the gospel are ambassadors from heaven. It is to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the trespass unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Then it says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. So all those Christians who are preachers, especially those who take up the ministry of reconciliation, become ambassadors of, for Christ here in earth. And every ambassador of every country is taken care of by the country from where he comes from. You see, wherever he is, is actually the country of where he comes from. The American embassy in Ghana is actually America. If you set foot there, you have set foot in America. It's an amazing thing. That, that is not the place that belongs to, to, to Ghana. It's not in Ghana. It's, they consider it to be from America. Yeah. Same with you. Wherever you go, wherever you are, you carry the atmosphere of heaven with you. Yeah. Where you go, when you arrive, heaven has arrived there. When you show up, heaven has showed up. Hallelujah. Yeah. You are f- that, is, that is who you are. 
That is who you have become. You have become the headquarters of God. You have become the headquarters of the operation of heaven here on earth. That is who you are. You are special. Look at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. He's telling you where you have arrived. He didn't say you are going to come. When you're born again, you're born again into Mount Zion. You, your citizenship is in heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. Can you imagine? And all the goodies of heaven is what you enjoy. If you don't, if you don't believe it, first of all, if you don't know it, second of all, if you know it and you don't believe it, you will not enjoy the goodies of heaven. You will not enjoy the supply of heaven. Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The economy of this country will not affect you. The economy of the country in which you live will not affect you. You live above the economy of this, of this world. Hallelujah. You live by a higher, a higher level, a higher principle, a higher glorious principle that works from heaven. That is your life. That is how you are. Acknowledge all the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. Acknowledge that you hail from heaven. You hail from above. I'm from above. Therefore, I'm above all. Yes, but you have come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. We have come unto the city of the living God. Then it says the heavenly Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, we are in the heavenly Jerusalem. Wherever you go, you go in the heavenly Jerusalem. Every time your environment is the heavenly Jerusalem. Then it says to an innumerable company of angels. Brothers and sisters, there are angels all around you. Innumerable company. Innumerable company. Recently, I went to get something. I was buying something, you know. And um, the, one who, the, the one who was taking the money decided that he was going to reduce the price for me. What I was buying was, was 4,000 Ghana cities. He decided to give it to me at 3,600. Then he said that, you know, I don't want to offend your angels. Because as you are sitting, I can see your angels, plenty of angels around you. I don't want to offend them. So I, I want to reduce it so that I will not have any problem. I was just looking at him like this. <laughs> I said, okay, no problem. And I took the reduction and then, you know, enjoyed myself. You see, he's seeing it. He says, we have come to an innumerable company of angels. There are so many angels around you, wherever you go. Wherever you go, they are following you. Wherever you go, they are following you. For what purposes? To, to protect you. It's one of the privileges that comes with being from above. They protect you. They are there for you to send them. They are there to keep you. So you, are, you shouldn't be afraid of anyone, of anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, there are some Christians who are afraid of the dark. Christians who are afraid of a lot of things. They have all kinds of phobias. Heights, uh, 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 phobia or fear of heights. Fear of, uh, of the dark. Fear of what? Small spaces. Fear of so many things. Maybe it was like that before you got born again. But now that you're born again, refuse to fear. Yeah, know that you are in Mount Zion. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to a place where there are innumerable company of angels, millions and millions of angels. Next verse, verse 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. This is where you live. This is where you are. Then it says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that's because better things than that of Abel. Where we are has blood. There's a blood, of, there's a blood that is sprinkling on us. The blood of Jesus is sprinkling on us every single day. Speaking better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood spoke vengeance. You see, against Cain. But Jesus' blood speaks mercy. 
and speaks forgiveness and speaks love and speaks reconciliation and speaks prosperity and speaks health, speaks all the good things you can think about. That's where you have arrived. So you're a terrible person. As you're moving around, you, are, you look so terrible in the spirit because there's, a, there's blood sprinkling on you in the spirit. The devil can't touch you. There are many angels around you. There's an innumerable company of angels. There's, there's a general assembly. Eh? It says to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. So there are people in heaven with you all the time. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, shows this to us. Hebrews 12, we are in 12, 23, now go to 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. There are so many people who have passed on into glory who are with us all the time. We are protected. We are kept safe. If someone kidnaps you, remember that you are not alone. When you start blasting in tongues, all the innumerable company of angels will start going to work. Yes, that's what, that's what happens. Hallelujah. So you are blessed. Yes. You are blessed. You are a citizen of heaven. You must always remember that. Therefore, you, you must remember to enjoy all the things that comes with being a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. You say to yourself, I hail from above. I'm from above. Therefore, I'm above all. I enjoy goodness. I enjoy grace. I enjoy beauty. You see, he wants you to look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Oh, Kadihiva, Stanohaba, from verse 1, Colossians 31. He says, If ye then have, if ye then be risen with Christ, if you have really risen with Christ, you see, seek those things which are above. Have you risen with Christ? Yeah. You have. We have risen with Christ. And we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. That shows us Ephesians 2 from verse 4. He says, But God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ or made us alive together with Christ. When Christ died, we died with him. When he rose from the dead, we rose from the dead with him. He, says he, he brought us out, us out of the grave with Jesus. Has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. Then he says, by grace are you saved. Next verse, verse 6. Then he says, and has raised us up together. He brought us back into life and raised us up from the dead together with Jesus and made us, he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you are, even though you are walking here on earth, you are actually, your spiritual position and your spiritual placing is together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, you are seated in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, because you are in Christ, you are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Brother, you are special. You really hail from above. And you, you are, that is your place. That is your position. Heavenly places. Far above all principalities. Now, that's in chapter 1. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 19. Ephesians 1 from verse 19. He says, He wants you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, to you who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You see, he set Jesus on his right hand in the heavenly places. The right hand is a place of authority. Then he says, far above all principality. Jesus is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Jesus is above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Every throne, every name, everything you can think about. All those who are arrayed against us, we are sitting above them. Look at the next verse. And has put all things under his feet. 
Jesus has all things under his feet. He's put all things, God has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church. Then he says, the church, you see, is his body. The church is his body, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So we are his body. Jesus is, Jesus is not sitting in heaven with his head alone. He's seated in heaven with his head and with all of his body. And we are members of his body. Therefore, we are seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality and power and dominion, and might, and every single name that is named in this world. That is where we are seated. So don't be afraid of your family witches. No matter how many they are, you are seated in heaven, in Christ Jesus, far above our principality and power. So when they try to do anything, you let them know, my friend, I'm seated above you. If you fool around, I'll use my authority against you. I'll speak and you'll be, you, you'll be taken out. Remember, the demons saw Jesus. The demons in the, in the demoniac of Gadara so many of them, they started begging Jesus and said that, please don't put us into, into hell. We want to go into this place, please. We don't want to. Please don't take us into hell. They were begging. That's how demons will beg you when they see you. Don't be afraid of demons and demonic manifestations. Sometimes when you're in church and people start shouting, ah, ah, and then everybody wants to be silent. And then the preacher will even dare to say that at this juncture, you need to close your eyes very hard, very tight, because demons are moving. And maybe they'll come and enter you. If you are not praying, you have to pray very hard because a demon that is coming out of this person can enter you. Communicating fear to God's children. No demon can enter you. The Holy Ghost is inside you. He cannot occupy your spirit with another demon. It's not possible. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is living on the inside. No demon heart out of hell can touch me. No demon heart out of hell can enter me. That's what you say. Remember where you come from. Remember where you hail from. I'm from above. I'm from above. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. He that is from above is above all. It's above all. We are seated together with Christ Jesus in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's why we are seated. All the principalities and powers that are arrayed against us are under us. They are under our feet. So never be afraid of principalities, never be afraid of powers, never be afraid of dominions, never be afraid. Don't be afraid. They thrive on fear. If you let them know who you are, they cannot touch you. They can't do anything to you. One day, T.L. Osborne went to preach in a certain country that is known for voodoo, you know, and known for powers. You know, these things exist. They are there. They are powers. They are principalities. They are there. But to us, there's only one God. Let me show you a scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's read from verse 4. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 4. It says, As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. You see, it says, We know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. Next verse. For though there be that are called gods, so he's, he's not disputing the fact that they are there. He says, though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, they are there. Next verse. But to us, we have one knowledge. But to us, there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things. And we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. I don't know if you're saying it. It says, but to us, there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things. And we in him, we are in that Father. 
and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, including the principalities and powers. Then it says, and we by him. We live by him and we live in the Father. We are not ordinary. Look at verse 7. He says, how be there's, there's not in every man that knowledge. You see, some people don't know what, he, what I just said, what he just said. He says, how be there's not, not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. The problem is with your mind, knowing, thinking that they are there. Someone said we shouldn't eat wachi anymore because wachi uh, is from Muslims. It's Muslims who do wachi. And so they offer their, the meat they, they, they kill is offered to Allah. And so if you eat wachi and the meat and all of that, you are eating food offered to be sacrificed. If, as long as you have that consciousness, you are eating, it will be like that for you. And you will have a problem. Your conscience will, will be weak and it's defiled. But if you know that the Holy Ghost is living inside you, if you know that whatever you touch, you have sanctified it. It's the temple that sanctifies the gold, not the gold that sanctifies the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. What you touch is sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> so don't be afraid. Some people are, sometimes you wonder about some certain Christians. They are so, they are afraid about everything. And they keep using words like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. <laughs> You're not supposed to be saying that. When you catch yourself say that, remind yourself, say, hey, no, I'm not supposed to say that. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm from above. from above. I hail from above. I'm from heaven. Yes. So Colossians 3.1, he wants you to think from there. He says, if you have really been risen from the dead, if you then be, be risen with Christ, he says, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are heavenly, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. And those are the things I'm telling you. These are things that comes with where we are. Seek those things. Let me show you. Look at the, the Amplified. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, that sharing his resurrection from the dead, Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Have you seen it? Yeah. Next verse, verse 2 in the Amplified. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, and not on the things that are on the earth. See, set your minds. You see, your mind is so key. Set your mind and keep them set on what is above, the higher things. What is above? Because I'm in heaven, no sickness, hash out of hell, can touch me. No virus can touch me. Let me show you that in the scriptures, okay? Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Philippians 3, 20. He wants you to set your mind. It's so important. It's so important. Keep your mind set. Coronavirus has come. It's killing people. Keep it in your mind that you are from above. Therefore, what, is, what kills people on earth does not kill you because of where you hail from. You know, I was talking about Taylor's one earlier on. He went to preach in this country, and there were some witches who came, so many of them, and were throwing things on the stage as he was pre preaching, trying to cast a spell on him or trying to, you know, destroy him. As they were throwing the things on the stage, he was stepping on it and preaching and smiling to them. When they finished preaching, they all gave their lives to Christ. He, he wasn't afraid of them. Why? Because he knew who he was. It's knowledge. It's all about knowledge. What you know makes a world of a difference. What you know conditions your heart, conditions your mind, conditions your environment. It creates your environment. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think is what you become. What you become is what changes your world. So important. Keep your mind on things above. Keep your mind on the fact that you are a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah.
Okay, so Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Look at Philippians 3, 20. It says, but we are citizens of the state, commonwealth. This is the Amplified. But we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. This is where we come from. It says, we are citizens of this place. And from it also we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. Then he goes on to talk about how you save our bodies and all of that. But he, he's letting you know, he says, we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. Citizens of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. Can you imagine walking through this life thinking like this? I'm a citizen of heaven. I hail from above. They're from above all. Wow. Now, Jesus had this consciousness that he said something very powerful in John chapter 3 where we started from. I'm ending. John 3, verse 13. He was still talking to Nicodemus. He got to this verse and said, And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now, it looks as though he's not talking right. You know, he says, And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Jesus was talking about himself. He says, nobody has gone up to heaven, but the one who came down from heaven. Then he says, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And it looks so some way. It looks as though he's saying he's not talking right. It's so serious that some of the translators take the last part away. Because how can you say that nobody has ascended up to heaven? Is the Son of Man who, who, has, who descended. Then you say, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Ah, but you are sitting here on earth. How come you are saying you are in heaven? Jesus was saying something very powerful. It's actually part of the original translation. It's not supposed to be taken out. There are some Bibles that take it out. Okay, this is NLT. NLT does not mention. It says, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. You see, he didn't mention the other side. But if you have NLT, they will put an asterisk. If you have the, the book itself, they'll put an asterisk there and write something at the footnote and say that in the original, translate, in the original manuscripts, it adds who, which is in heaven because it is part the translators were confused. They thought that Jesus was not talking right, but he was saying exactly what he was saying. So the King James captures it for us. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. So even though Jesus was sitting here on earth talking to Nicodemus, he was in heaven. Because heaven is not only a, a place, but heaven is also a state. It's a state of being. You can be in the state of heaven even though you are here on earth in your mind. Let me give an example. A madman is physically here on earth, but mentally he's not here on earth. You see, a madman, I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen a madman catching COVID since COVID came. No madman catches COVID. No madman goes to the hospital with, uh, with, uh, with malaria, with cholera. They are, sit, they are sleeping in the open. Mosquitoes are biting them. They are, they are eating from the gutters. I saw a madman recently who was bathing with, with, with gutter. He was having a good shower with water from the gutters. It was not easy. But the, the, you don't see any skin disease. Like he's, 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 he's uh, 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 bathed in skin, a skin disease or something. There's nothing like that. There's no virus that can affect him. It's, we don't see bacterial infection. Meanwhile, he's... he's, he's He's eating from the, from the dumpster. He's, he's bathing from setting. He's, he's in the rain. I mean, all kinds of things. Why does he not have the problems that human beings have? You can have a human, someone who have something fall to the ground and then he takes it and eats it. And then he start running. Some few days ago, I took something and I was running. Can you imagine? <laughs> but a madman can eat it and he's not running. Why? Because a madman is in another state called the state of madness. 
in his mind, he's in another state. So he's in a state where viruses doesn't seem to work in a certain way. Certain bacteria doesn't seem to work in a certain way. Yeah, what affects human beings on a normal day does not affect him. Why? Because of the state in which he is. In the same way you can be in the state of heaven. Heaven is a state you can be in, in your mind. And in that state, knowing and thinking from that state, that place, prevents certain things from happening around you. Certain sicknesses, diseases, will not affect you. Viruses, bacteria, it doesn't work in heaven. There is no bacteria in heaven. Jesus or God will not come and say, "Mm, I'm having some bacterial infection, I, I need antibiotics. There's nothing like that in heaven. And that's where you come from, that's where you heal from. That's the state you are in. So having that in your mind, putting yourself in that, the Paul says, set your mind and keep them set on things above. But that's where your healing is. That's where your prosperity is. In heaven, they work on gold. They work on gold. Being in that state lets you know that you always have supply. I see you walking in grace, walking in greatness. And I see the, the knowledge of the fact that you heal from above taking over your life in a special way. Even in Jesus' mighty name. You are blessed and highly favored. No fear, hazard of hell can take over your life. No depression, hazard of hell can take over your life. I see peace, joy taking over your heart in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are blessed even in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.